able to say hi to everybody. And um, as was mentioned just a moment ago, it was great to be able to enjoy uh, teaching by Pastor Fabian and the worship time and then communion. Um, I know it's not quite the same as being here so that you can have a touch point here in this in this house. For this. It's an intercessory house. See, that's that's um, that's one of the things that I've really been asking the Lord about these past couple of days, particularly particularly yesterday, because um, I I know that God is going to make a way very soon for us to begin to incorporate intercessory times here again. And I know you're praying at home. I know it was a wonderful teaching this morning about the altars and the progressive way that God developed that. And we have been saying, establish the altar there in your house. But, um, and that's a lasting thing. You know, I was thinking back on some of the things that the Lord has said over the past couple of years. It's like, um, that's, that's one of the beauties of, of uh, re remembering dreams and remembering insights and remembering words that he's given because at the time that he gives them, you may not really, you may really know what's coming, um, but um, they're true nonetheless. And so one of the things that God said for the past two years was, I want to establish home groups. I want to establish, and I am establishing them, and I'm, I'm establishing touch points of prayer and I, I laid out all kinds of different plans. I had meetings during seminars with a number of you, and those weren't wasted. Those weren't wasted meetings. Um, you know, that's the thing about it is when God says something, you, you listen, you appropriate what he says to do, but you don't get ahead of him. And, um, and I know that that was a word about where we're, where we're at right now and where we're going. God wants you to be that touch point of his presence and he wanted it to be established in a broader more dynamic way than it has been known not because you've been doing anything wrong it's because in his timetable this is what he's wanting and I was remembering early this morning when I got here as I walked around the sanctuary and praying um, of the dream that I had a few years ago just a couple of years ago where I was standing in the back of the sanctuary and the place was totally empty and I felt the presence of the Lord very strongly. I was just naked before him, exposed before him, and I saw the, the name Elohim written just in letters suspended over this platform. And I know I, remind, I was reminded of that because, you know, if there was ever a time where we, uh, the sanctuary is, is empty, and we feel as if all of our earthly coverings are gone. Um, it's, it's now. And, you know, a lot of the things that you relied upon, a lot of the things that perhaps you took for granted in the things of the Spirit, and that's easy to do. We all do that. We do that with everything in our lives. If it's, if it's a continuing thing, we don't really take the moment to enjoy what's there, uh, not recognizing that it may not be there sometime soon. But I, I know that God has been speaking 
over the past few years preparing us for this time. And um, I'm very grateful for, for, what, for what God has said and the way he's developed our network and our, and our Father's Church family. But I'm sensing now, particularly these past couple of days, just, um, you know, the time is now going to be taking shape. And uh, we, we need to take advantage of this unusual season while it's still in place. And that's part of what this message is going to be about today. But <clears throat> we, we need to really go before the Lord and ask him, what were you trying to develop during these times? What were you trying to establish? And how are we to be positioned in the going forward? Because this, this time is, is rapidly going to be gone. And I'm rejoicing in that. But then again, I don't want to leave anything on the table. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have a 30% yield. I don't want to have a 60% yield. I want that 100% yield of what God has required of us. And, um, but, I, but I do sense the stirring of the enemy in a really un, unusual way. And um, I, I sense that there are some things that with the turning of the timetable of God, with this page that's been turned, and as we're entering into times like have never been, um, that the enemy has chosen to, to try to, to release some of the things that he has reserved for this end time. You can read about them in the scripture. Um, I'm not, we're not worried about that. But I'm just, I'm just giving you a, an exhortation to stick with what you know in God, to stay fastened upon your commune with him. Continue to declare the blood of Jesus over yourself, your family, your household, and everything that involves you. And um, really stand and, and don't, don't, be, um, don't be overwhelmed by anything. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to, to, to recognize that when something comes and you're not expecting it, for you to kind of recoil a little bit. But the point is, you keep your stance. You don't fall over and give up or begin to do things that that recoiling influence wanted to provoke out of you. And um, God is teaching us to stand in this time frame. And I know that that's, that's, a, that's a blessing. And we're going to emerge from this stronger than we were before. And I, you know, these past days, we were forced to cancel the uh, national seminar in France that was supposed to be in just a few weeks. It's not because we didn't want to go. It's because that there are boundaries in place in Europe. And you're not getting in there unless you're a citizen or um, they invite you. And so... Um, we, we really didn't want to keep publicizing and put things in motion when we didn't know whether in a few weeks we're going to be able to get on the plane and go there. And, and really what people in Europe are, are going to want to be, what their travel restrictions might be, what, what, they, uh, what they might feel um, for, for their own personal vitality, 
they may not want to travel this soon. And I was reading about England today and how, you know, Boris Johnson has just um, released. Uh, he's been released, but he's going back to work tomorrow. He's going to be at 10 Downing Street tomorrow. And um, they, they're still grappling with this thing. So it's, the issue is not one of fear for us. It's a, the issue that we just aren't able to go. And so that really is, is making me say, okay, Father, um, what do you want us to do regarding France during this time? We'll do it. We're not going to let this year go without having the seminar. But for now, we're not going to be able to go. And so we'll be doing something in the few weeks at uh, the time that we would, we would be there. And we're going to be uh, listening to the Lord very carefully as to what, what he wants. But just to come back to it, as soon as, uh, as soon as we feel the Lord says it's okay, we'll start to make some adjustments here in our, in our sanctuary. And believe me, I'll let you know. Um, I'm trying to sense what God wants. I'm trying to sense what um, um, Big Tex Jenkins says every day. And uh, trying to figure out what Governor Abbott is saying and uh, what the medical community is saying. Because, again, we're not in fear. We're not under. We're, God is our source. But we want to, we want to demonstrate um, good citizenry. And um, we don't want to be, um, you know, if this, the, again, if this was a thing that we had to fight some major <laughs> some major stance of faith, well, I'd be saying something totally different, but God is blessing and God is good. And so um, just be, keep posted, keep watching the, uh, the Facebook posts, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And uh, that, I think that's the most popular thing going. Man, oh man, I, uh, I, uh, I was blessed by what was done last week and I'm looking forward to this week. Um, we, Yowali and I met the other day and did um, a couple of new broadcasts for Brazil. So our brothers and sisters down there are going to have some fresh teaching soon, perhaps probably this week, maybe even tomorrow. Who knows, as soon as it can get posted. Um, but, you know, it's really strange because this is, this is kind of a filibuster. I haven't gotten all my filibusters out. So here, here comes some. We're not into the message yet, obviously. Um, you see things that we who study the word recognize are components of the end times. And you can see them, some of them begin to be put in their rudimentary form so that they can be built upon and accessed. And, um, you know, Yuwali was telling me that in Mexico City, there are most people are not accepting currency now because they're so afraid that the virus is on the currency. And so if you don't have credit or if you're not going to some dive or some market that may be open, you, your currency is not going to do you much good. And I, I thought, wow, that's, that's a sign. You know, that, that's a sign. Um, so I went to Whole Foods early in the morning Again, just me in the store with all the workers. You go in there early. It's just you. And when I went up to the counter to pay, 
I tried to hand the man cash. He said, I'm sorry, we're not, we're not accepting cash. He said, you have to go over to this one place over at the end. And a lady said, I'll come and help you, sir. And he'd already checked my stuff. I said, no, I, <laughs> this credit card hasn't bounced yet. I'm expecting it any minute, but here I can use this. And he all looked at me. I said, I'm just joking here. I'd, I'd let you see my face if I could let my mask go. And they finally laughed. But I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I also was reading some things about Europe and uh, on the coasts of uh, Belgium, some of the dock workers, they've given these little devices on their wrist. I don't know if it's on the right hand or not. And it tells where they are. It tells if they're too close to somebody and it vibrates. And I don't know what else it does. It may indicate temperature. And I thought, man, you know, at some point, somebody's identity is going to be so compromised that they're going to say you need to have something implanted in you that's uniquely you. And I never thought of this before. With the plagues that you see in the scripture, <clears throat> they're going to want to know, you know, is this person a carrier? Is this person infected? And it's not, you know, I was reading that, some there's some of the nations are thinking about issuing a um, an immunity passport, and if you if you've already had this COVID thing, of course they can't they 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 nix that because they said we're not sure that if you've already had it you're not vulner, vulnerable to it again, but that's easily copied counterfeited you know, I mean what's what's a piece of paper I mean people counterfeit passports regular passports that would be an easy thing. So you, you, just, you just see things that with drones flying over that can tell where you are and uh, what your temperature is and, you know, if you're supposed to be out or if you're out of an area where, you're, where your, your zone is. Um, we're not fearful of that, but we recognize that these are very real signs that whatever God is doing is rapidly coming to uh, a head. And so we just need to strengthen ourselves. As Kelly said a minute ago, you know, no matter what's going on, God is with us. He's our blessing. So one other filibuster item before we go into the teaching sheet that's available for you. Um, this is the last Sunday of the month. It is not only our Peretz, which was mentioned, where we stand in the gap and we I thank God for what he's given, and we, we ask him to supply us with what we need to fulfill his work. But for the past uh, six months now, on the last weekend of the month, we've been praying for West Virginia and Ohio, and the gathering that is scheduled for the middle of June, which I am fully, fully confident is still going to happen. And, um, and the, the onus of that is that something that God established and he said I'm going to do a work that's going to impact the North American continent I'm going to unlock things that I've established in the histemis the deposits of the glory there that have not been released and uh, to this point and I'm I'm going to do a work in for this nation especially in light of the election that's coming in November and we knew that was important when this first started, but how much more so do we know it's important now? And so we're praying 
over the past six months, every, every last weekend has been one of the um, seven spirits. This weekend is the spirit of glory and of God. And um, I, I also have been asking our congregation here to be specifically praying for individuals or families in our church and the pastors of the network uh, each day uh, this past week, and that's going to continue. So every day an email comes, and, and I say, you know, pray for this one. And, um, but today it's supposed to be for our national leaders, our state leader, Governor Abbott, and for the, the city decisions. But not just regarding this COVID thing, we need to ask for the Spirit of God to guide and strengthen and direct and keep, um, keep wrongful decisions from being made. Uh, we, we really need to do what the Bible says where we offer prayer and supplication for those that are, have ruling over us. And we need to be partnering with God to pray. So today, uh, the twofold thing, we pray for what God wants to do in partnership with him and what every one of these has been glorious, but nothing more glorious than the spirit of glory and of God. I, I feel the closeness of, of the Lord. There's such opposition that's been coming the past day or so. And suddenly, just a little while ago, I felt the, the, the refreshing of our father. And, and I know that his glory is 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 with us and his glory is his partnership his glory is what he does in revealing something that has not been known before in conjunction with his partners so we have a big place a big role as saints in that and so today we pray in that way we pray for our country we pray for the West Virginia Ohio and just across the river Pennsylvania uh, what God wants to do there in June. And um, we, we pray that um, God will equip us to know how to pray more effectively in regard to that. And we pray for our president, for our vice president. We pray for all of those who are laboring overtime right now. And um, we ask for the strengthening of the Lord and we ask that no other crises and emergencies will, will hit that would, would, that would further detract them from what you may be wanting to do, Father. Um, and keep strife and keep uh, the political jousting to a minimum. Um, I, I, just, I just declare with our network and our, uh, from this church on the basis of... On the, on the, in, in the hosting of this church, that, Father, you are going to touch President Trump right now. You're going to touch his family. We declare the blood of Jesus over him. We declare the blood of Jesus over Vice President Pence. We declare the blood of Jesus over the medical individuals who are advising um, and uh, jurisdicting what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> we, we pray for Mnuchin with the financial decisions that are being made. Lord, help us. Don't let this window that you've established be closed. The enemy's trying to change the times. He's trying to corrupt what you have afforded for this season. And um, it's not time for the night to come when no man can work. 
So, Father, you've, you've got to intervene here. And I thank you that you're doing this. So bless our people. Bless our saints as we pray today and use us. And we thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. One other word before I go into the scripture. Um, in my daily monologue that I write to the congregation, I suggested that this afternoon I'd have a little mini teaching regarding what I just said. And it would be redundant to do that since I just said what kind of like a prayer class kind of a thing. So just I wasn't lying to you. I just said what I was going to say then. So it's really pointless to say it again. Point is, though, at some point today, find a time to pray. At some point today, um, go before the Lord and pray for the governmental leaders and pray for this mission that, um, that God has laid before us for our country. And I know that God will use you in that. Amen. All right. title of this message sounds really impressive, prophetic people. And um, the other day, uh, one of the teachings that was being offered for Brazil was about hallelujah. And over the years, we have taught a lot about halal, and we've taught a lot about what that term means, how it's used in scripture, and what it should be being used for. It's much more than just a euphemism for praise. Um, and as I was teaching that, while he was translating, um, I just felt the, the fire of the Lord in an amazing way. And I felt the Lord put in my heart in the ensuing hour after we finished that he wanted us to apply the prophetic halal principle to what we're doing now. And it's so important it's so important for us to apply what this really means and um, to see the, the, the magnificence of our God through it. Now, at the end of this teaching, we're going to be reminded of the passage of Scripture in Revelation 19 where um, Alleluia is absolutely mentioned triumphantly as a sign that the enemy's deliberations are, are, have been extinguished. And we're going to talk about how Lucifer is Hillel, which is the one that accomplishes the halal. And, um, and we, will, we will talk about that later. But you need to know that a lot of the things that you see going on in the media and a lot of the things you see going on in society and have been seeing have been renditions of the halal principle. And what, what is that? It means to confidently make a boast. And ideally, it is to know what God is saying and to either declare it or proclaim it or to sing it or to wave a banner concerning it or to offer some other type of prophetic expression concerning what you know as far as much as you know, not your idea, or not your, your connotation, but as much as you know of what God wants. And see, what I see about what God says is he, he tells us what he's going to do. 
So many times then we try to fill in the blanks between um, what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And um, the best thing for us is to just stick with what we know, not what we have um, envisioned in our own thinking. But if you just keep praising and declaring what you know God has said, not necessarily how you think he's going to do it, but what you know God has said, that is, that is like pulling on the anchor of his promise and getting closer and closer to what he said. Now, the best way for us to remember the meaning of this word is to let the scripture define it. And it's very colorful what the scripture says about halal. Now, one of the first usages was when Abram and Sarah were venturing, uh, roaming about, walking in faith, and they entered into the land of Egypt. And um, it came to pass in Genesis 12, 14, and 15, that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, Sarah, that she was very fair. Not just fair, very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Commended there is halal. And so I'm not going to get graphic with this, but, I mean, they had to have been, for, for somehow the people who have seen Sarah and the princes of Pharaoh to have seen her and then them telling Pharaoh and then him making the edict to bring her into his household, they must have been doing a lot of halaling. They, they, must, they must, must have been silly with halal. And she, I, you know, I never really thought too much about Sarah being a, a looker, but she must have been. You know, if, if she goes into a foreign nation and with great rapidity, the people and the princes and then Pharaoh gets her and they're all, I don't know what all they were saying about her, but it was, it was lauding her. It was boasting about her attributes. It was, it was really not only that, but saying, you know, what a great thing it would be for Pharaoh to have such a woman as this. And so those are undeniable defining um, aspects of what halal is. And it's not just, oh, boy, you're nice looking, you know. Oh, I praise you because you have lovely hair. You know, it's not, that's not what was happening. It was, it was not compliments. It was toward an appreciation of what was there, and it further extended toward an intended goal. And um, that happened. And, of course, you know the rest of the story, and now the rest of the story. God warned Pharaoh, and, you know, he came and said to Abram, you know, why'd you let this happen? And really, that's kind of a crazy speak, because with Pharaoh, Abram wasn't letting anything happen. Pharaoh, even if Abram had gone to Pharaoh and said, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, she's, she belongs to me, that wouldn't have made any difference. I remember one time Jack Hayford said that um, in those days, a, a foreigner with a beautiful wife was... Is a te has a temporary existence, and um, that was probably very true. So Pharaoh's doublespeak coming, why didn't you tell me you've brought this malaise potentially in our house? The, the only thing that 
affected Pharaoh was God saying, you better not, this guy's my covenant partner, you better not mess with that. But the point is that halal was, was really expanded. And the other one that really, the other passage that really defines this is um, in 1 Samuel 21, verses 12 through 13. And um, you know how Saul was trying to kill David. And David was uh, a skilled warrior. He was elusive. He was anointed. And he was able to stay a step ahead of Saul. And, um, but one time, you know, in his evasiveness, he didn't use common sense. And so he fled into the city of Gath, which is best known as the hometown of Goliath. And all of those people knew who David was. And they start talking and saying, is this not the man who did these things to us and robbed us of our champion, robbed us of the son of this city? And why David thought that it would be a smart place to go and hide in, um, in the hometown of the guy that he lopped the head off, I, I don't know. But I think it was just a tactical error. And um, sometimes when you are under stress or when you are trying to, um, to just manage things, um, you can get in a position where you don't think straight and you make a decision that is not wise. And I pray that during this season, none of you are in this condition or from here on. But David made a dumb, dumb decision. And so David heard what these people were saying, and he laid them up in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands, scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. The point is, David feigned himself halal in their hands. And he... He utilized the principles of what halal is, but in a, in a carnal way to save his skin. And David knew how to, to utilize halal. You know, even though we don't see hallelujah listed in the Old Testament, you have several times where it says, praise halal Yahweh, praise the Lord. Not all the praises are halal, but a lot of them are. One of them is Barak where you kneel before the Lord, but and it's translated as praise. But David knew those principles, so he knew something I need, something I desperately need, something that I'm believing God is going to help me with, and how am I going to achieve this? Now, I can't fathom what this may have appeared to, uh, to all these people. David acting like a crazy man, scratching on the the, the doors, and letting spit run down his beard. But it worked. And um, the king, in subsequent verses, said, you know, what's wrong with you people? You, you, you get me all wired up here because you say I've got this man that's our sworn enemy, and this, this, this guy's he's, he's three sheets to the wind. I mean, do I, do I have time for craziness? And they put an end to the matter, and somehow David must have 
gotten out of the city. I wonder how far David walked outside of the city before he, he stopped acting like a nut. <laughs> I don't know. But again, this is halal. And so it's much more than just praise the Lord, hallelujah. You know, it's much more than that. It is, it is a principle of becoming even though you don't yet have what it is that you have been looking for, or it is a principle of recognizing what God has given, giving Him uh, adulation for it, and embracing and becoming that. I think, that's, I think those two definitions describe that. For one, the people talked about Sarah. The other, David became something that he felt he needed to become in order to escape the hand of the enemy. And so what I'm saying today, and what I felt the Lord was saying to us, is David escaped the enemy by doing this rather peculiar halal. But when the enemy is obviously trying to take our nation and take the nations of the world and trying to to uh, bring fear and really trying to lay the groundwork for uh, the destruction of, of what God wants to do. What do we need to become in order to put him to flight? What do we need to embrace? What, what do we need to proclaim on behalf of what God has said? How do we need to prophetically embrace that? And um, I believe that in the next week or so, every day we need to go before God and say, I'm remembering what you have said you're going to do. And so, Father, I am, I'm going to offer this measure of praise to you. I'm going to offer this type of thankfulness. I'm going to offer this measure of, of a prophetic act that aligns itself in halal fashion with what you're going to do. I may not know how you're going to do it. I may not know exactly the steps you're going to lead us through, but I sure can become what I know you've said in the midst of my praise and in the midst of my declaration. And one of the things, it's very easy, you know, we can, we can say to the Lord, um, Father, I thank you that you have given us this year of wisdom and you can begin to extol him concerning his wisdom and the things you've learned. And, you know, you can just go on and on about this year of wisdom with the wonderful things that we have discovered in, in study. And you can praise the Lord in accordance with that. You can praise him in accordance with a number of things that God has said he's going to do. But you, you may even feel like you need to do some kind of a prophetic expression of that to actually become that in some way in your offering, in your, in your laying before God, because that is a halal principle. Now, I said that, well, I'll talk about that in a minute, what the, what the world is doing. Let's look at commune and understanding. Jeremiah 9, uh, verses 23 and 24. This is one of my favorite passages. It's just terrific. Thus says Yahweh, do not the, the, don't 
Let not the wise man halal in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man halal in his might. Let not the rich man halal in his riches, but him that halals, it's a double issuance, do it in this, that he understands and knows me. Understand means to be circumspect. That means to, it's kind of like the diacrino principle where you recall and remember what God has said and you don't let them escape you. Um, and that, that's, some, that's a good lesson in life, you know. Hey, I just told you about that. Why didn't you listen? You know, if you remember what God has said, uh, you need to keep that. And then keep yadaing with God. Keep talking with God. Keep communing with God. That is the measure where our halal is established. Of all the things, we don't, we don't halal in our own capabilities. We don't halal in our riches. We don't halal in our strength. As we can see, those things are easily disrupted um, from our ability to, um, to apply them. But we halal in the fact that we can talk with God and commune with Him and hear His voice and we can remember the things that He said. That's how we halal. And, and remember that I am Yahweh, which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, says Yahweh. So it's important for you in the midst of this halal offering to, to continue to commune and talk with God and to remember what He said. And with the, with the two of those things, let that form the foundation and the base from which you offer this proactive expression before God. Job said in Job 25, verses 1 through 5, and when he says this, I, I think this is the way we're supposed to function. I think this is what God wanted from Job and what Job eventually became again. And Job was remembering these principles in the midst of all of the chaos that had been happening to him. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past. Some of you have wondered that. Man, it would be just nice to be able to just go back a month or two and just be normal for a minute. Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when the Lord preserved me, hedged me about. Remember, that's one of the things that Satan said. You know, you put a hedge around this guy, and I, I'm not able to do anything. And when God's candle, verse 3, halaled upon my head. That's interesting. Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That commune and fulfilling what it is that God has ordained us to be and how we commune with God accordingly. That's how halal affects your, your thinking, your perspective, your direction, your words, your hearing, your sense of the atmosphere. That is how the halal comes upon you. And when by His light I walked through darkness, and we are walking through darkness. We are walking through this time triumphantly. 
I know that many of you have had challenging moments. We all had. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just what's going on governmentally. It's not what's happening here in the city. The spiritual factors are the things that just kind of as a, as a tidal wave come. And you, f- you feel akin to the principle that's spoken of when Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he was astonished. Um, those spiritual things can come. And you, you just need to, to stand and remember who you are in the Lord. The light of Halal will cause you to walk through this. Not run away from it, but walk through it. As I was in the days of my youth, when the confidential speech of God was upon my tabernacle. Fabian talked about that earlier, the tabernacle. When Shaddai was yet with me, when my children were about me. Job was thinking of these things, and I'm sure that there was some measure of memory and lamenting to some degree, to a large degree. But the things that he said point by point, the hedge of the Lord is around you. The grace of God is around you. His his candle is halaling upon your head. And you are walking through that light in the midst of darkness and and triumphing in it. Shaddai is training you. Um, you. You are hearing from God in the secret place of that altar, that temple, that tabernacle, that place that you, you alone have before Him. And, you know, this, this measure of halal in both of these has very clearly to do with God being with you, you knowing Him, you understanding the things He's put forward, you recognizing His hedge, you recognizing the fact that He has called you to something unique and powerful, You are not worthless. You are important. And God wants to use you in that way. He wants to speak His confidential words to you. He wants to draw you near. And He wants to train you. Those are things that form the foundation from which you release halal. And it's not just again, oh, I wish this would happen. You know, sometimes people praise about things that it was never God's intent to give them. And sometimes people try to use <clears throat> faith to get to bypass the plan of God and to wedge something in that is not God's best plan for you. And um, it's best to, to remember who God's called you to be and let Him bring the blessing. Let Him bring the next steps. That's the journey. That's what God's all about. And so... It's not, it's not just a flippant praise. Um, you know, I joked many times about what hallelujah means. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so often when we come up here, when we actually have our, our congregation here, if everybody's talking or yakking with each other and they're not really paying attention to the fact that it's time now to, to move forward, you just say things like, hallelujah. You know, you should, we should, I need to stop doing that because it, I know it sounds holy and it is meant well, but um, I'm certainly not halaling what, what I'm trying to interrupt and to get back in mind. Blessing, Joel 2. This is right before the, um, the, what Peter quoted at Pentecost. Joel 2, 26. 
you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and halal the name of Yahweh Elohim. For he has done wondrously with you, and the people of God, this is his promise, shall never be ashamed. What God has said, he's going to do. There's no shame in this. You know, I, um, and, and, you know, it was, it was terrible the other day when we had to decide to cancel the France gathering for May. We never, never had, to, never done that. I mean, there was that time when we tried to go into India, but that was just, that was, that was just wickedness coming. Uh, and it was, I need to go back through that, but that was an unusual time. But um, I, I thought, Lord, you know, it would, it would have been nice. I'm not complaining. I'm just talking to God. Did I not hear you? Did I not? Were you trying to tell me not to schedule this thing, which we've done for years and years and years? God's blessed it. And I was reminded of the many, many times in Scripture where God told his people, okay, you plan to do this, and then you get to this point where you're waiting. All right. Do something else, or or don't do this. And if we taught on that like a, like a year and a half ago in in great detail. And so, whatever God wants to do, we're not going to be ashamed. God is with us, but you know we're we're blessed, and I speak blessing over all of you. Now we come now to something that I've tried to talk about throughout this whole message. And that is the reminder that the one time that Lucifer is mentioned in that name in Scripture is in Isaiah 14, verse 12. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Hellel, son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground? And then it goes through the things that he said he was going to do based upon the Hillel being the one that can take the Halal from its inception all the way through to fulfillment, and then ideally give the, 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 the harvest of it back to God. Um, this, is, this is what the enemy specialized is in. And it, it's, it's too easy for the general church and me being part of that study many years ago to say this just means light bearer or that somehow he was the worship leader. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know what you think. I don't know if you think that Satan would have worship team practice and, you know, he'd have some harp players, some sackbutt players, you know, a couple of percussionists, you know, and uh, he just organized that and then just let it because he had a beautiful voice with the pipes in him, you know, and the light bearer, somebody that could reflect the light of the Lord. It's easy to say that, but what does that really mean? It's filled with the opportunity for you to extrapolate and things that probably never happen. For you to make uh, your scenario uh, mirrored onto that when what goes on in heaven is so much different from what we have here in, in our earthly shenanigans. But the point was is that Satan knew how to know what God was saying and to, from sequence to sequence, proclaim, boast, uh, project what the, 
the beauties of the fulfillment would be. And it was kind of like, I'm not saying it's exactly, but it's kind of like why David had to have the, the, the sacrifice every six steps. They knew where they were going. And it wasn't just, we better kill another bull. God's going to fry us like he did to Uzzah in Ohio. You know, it wasn't that. It wasn't fearful sacrifice. <laughs> I, I've seen people do that over, over the years as, as being, being here for decades now. There was one guy that was going in for heart surgery. And two days before he went in, he came and brought a check, a tithe check to the church for back tithe that he should have been paying the past three or four years. And so it, it, David wasn't doing that, Lord, please don't fry me. Please, please don't kill me. Um, I, I think that there's a principle of for each step you're in, knowing where you're going, but proclaiming what God's wanting to do. And, you know, when God began to say, I'm going to create a people who, are, who have my spirit, and my likeness, and they're going to be doing halal too. The enemy, shoo, no way. But you see the things that he said. He has said in his heart, I will, I will, I will, I will. Those are demonic representations, but representations nonetheless of the principle of halal. What is going to happen? What is going to happen? What is going to happen? And... Um, you know, he must have been pretty persuasive in this because he was able to take out a number of principalities and a whole swath of angels who rebelled with him. But this is the principle we deal with today. Fear is the base instead of agape. And people, people don't want this to happen or do want this to happen. And so they begin speaking things. A lot of times lies. A lot of times hypocrisies. Uh, you know, no matter what can be going on, you know, you can, you can have this blessing happening, and everybody sees it as a blessing, and then you have a, a demonic halal voice. Yeah, but this isn't, and this isn't, and this isn't. We're not even going to talk about this good thing. We're going to say all these negative things. And then you have people who, huzzah, you know, we believe that because we have as our objective something that is another politi political persuasion or another another agenda that we want and um, but the enemy is he's working this this Hillel principle and we just need to be careful that we don't go along with the wrongful things that are being forecast and you know it's it's kind of like um, I'm, I'm not taking a political stance here but you know the whole idea of fake news which now, the United States media, many of them are saying that China is trying to use. And going back through the things that happened with this virus, and now how China has positioned themselves to save face, but to denigrate the United States and to proclaim other things, it, it's, it's that viewpoint. It's that viewpoint being presented so that the people will see it and believe it. And... You know, it's, it's a demonic principle. It's, a, it's an iniquitous perversion of halal. So how do you overcome evil with good? You don't overcome evil by denouncing it. Because evil is not intimidated by you saying, you guys are wrong. 
Do you overcome darkness with light? Do you overcome evil with good? And so in Revelation 19, you see the end game. Uh, verses 1 through 6. And after these things, I heard a great voice among much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four, and you, you recognize that? We're going to smell the smoke of that. I don't know what that's going to be. Eww. Hadn't happened yet, so I haven't got a whiff of it, but it must not be some nasty thing or God wouldn't let it be in heaven. Anyway, I, I, I digress. The four and twenty elders and the four beasts fall down and worship proscuneo before God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, what you've said at your right hand has been done. Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and you that fear him both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of many mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. This is the triumph. This is the end victory. And we need to recognize that we are much closer to this than we've ever been. And if, if they in heaven triumph in Alleluia, if they triumph in Halal Yah, the plan of God has been embraced, proclaimed, boasted of, and victoriously gained. Um, if, if, if they're doing this as the triumph song, and all of these various attributes of the powers of heaven are all, including the throne, declaring this alleluia. How much more do we need to recognize that in this season we need to embrace and apply the halal concerning what God has said? The way the enemy is going to be defeated is through God's people standing, being what Job declared, being what Jeremiah declared, and um, being even what Joel prophesied, and doing it now unto our God, the, 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 the counteracting and the overcoming of what we see in the world and what we sense is this wicked atmosphere that seems to be trying to corrupt the hearts and minds of people through fear. The answer to that is a people who are moving in the agape who will halal concerning what God has said he's going to do. And God will continue to speak to you. God will continue to move through you. But just know that this is, I don't want to say the greatest weapon, this is the antidote. You know, a lot of people are investing a lot of money and a lot of time trying to find a, um, a vaccination for this COVID-19. I pray they find it soon. But then I also saw yesterday that there are 30 variations of this and probably more that are going to be coming. So we just need to continue, as we have been, relying upon and enjoying the power of the blood of Jesus upon us. But 
you know, they're looking for a vaccination. They're looking for something that will cause an immunity. And um, our vaccination, our victory over the enemy and over what's really happening, not just the disease, but, but in the fabric of the realm, is halal. Because that's what's being proclaimed when halal is thrown down. And this is our greatest strength in our walk with God. Because again, we're, we're hearing him, we're listening to his confidential speech, we are, we are surrounded by him, darkness may be there, but we're walking through it, uh, we are being trained by Shaddai in this moment, we are, uh, we are conversing Yada with God, we are uh, being circumspect with the things he's brought to us, that's our base, but in the midst of it, our halal is launched. So seek the Lord. And I would say every day, find something that God has said, something that you know he's going to do. And it, it, listen, listen, there are so many of those things that we have been prophetically saying for this year and, and beyond. You begin to proclaim them and be sensitive to what God in his confidential conversation with you might say. I want you to do this prophetically. I want you to offer this in a halal way. And I want you to, to know that I'm in control, that this is, this is just a way for you to partner with me and to bless me and to receive what it is that I am going to uh, give back to you through your obedience. And in these steps, through the darkness, we're just going to fellowship together. And you're going to be praising me, halaling, concerning what I've said. I'm here with you. I'm training you through it. But you've got to do this before the Lord. And again, it's not just generic. It's not a generic offering. It's, 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 really, it's really offering yourself prophetically and making the proclamation. There's a lot of things that I would like for God to tell me exactly what's going to happen in the months that come, especially with a lot of the appointments that we set in motion. And I know God means for them to be honored. But God's kind of, he's kind of funny when it comes to the journey. He wants you to walk with him. And if it's why it's the walk of faith. He told you everything that was going to happen. Where would your faith be? You'd get lackadaisical. And we don't need to be that way. So utilize this time. And I say again, I, I, it's going to be very soon that things are going to be relatively back to normal. I don't know how long it's going to be before things are returned to what we knew a few months. may never be. But one thing that is always true is that God is with you. You are his saints. You are his sons. Enjoy this time. Don't forsake the time of communing with him. You've heard words today about you, you establishing your altar, establishing you in your temple and tabernacle um, function. And you're hearing it reiterated here in, an, in, an, in a different way. Do that. Don't forget God is with you and he loves you. And so, Heavenly Father, I speak your blessing over this prophetic week. And I ask you, Lord, that you will draw near to your people and let them respond as your presence envelops them. And 
teach them how to halal in ways, teach me how to halal in ways that I've not done to this point. Shaddai, develop us. We beseech you. Strengthen us, teach us, and help us to be what you would need us to be. And every day this week, Father, let us offer this prophetic halal unto you. And we ask that you will guide us in this, and we ask that you will use us, and let us emerge as those that have obeyed you and have come to know you in a deeper way. And finally, Father, I do ask, and I know this has been mentioned already today, but anyone who's watching this who might be specially in need right now, I don't know what that need might be. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's encouragement. Maybe it's provision in some way. I just extend my hand, and I ask that the hand of God would be upon your people, reminding them of how important that partnership between you and them are. I release healing. I release provision. I release encouragement. I release the light of the Lord to be upon you. And if the enemy has tried to come in and he's, he's, he's uh, taking an unfair advantage, we rebuke him now in Jesus' name and command him to flee. But, Father, I ask that you would, you would show yourself strong on behalf of your people and let this be a glorious week, a glorious week. Let us halal before you. And on this day, we bless our country. We bless what you have ordained for this nation. And we bless our leadership. And we ask that the the presence of God would come upon them and may they make decisions that are directed by you. Strengthen them. Strengthen them, we pray. And for the other nations joining, we, we ask that same for your country. And we, I pray, Father, that as we pray today for our nations, that you would use us for your, for your will. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining with us today. And um, know that we're praying for you every day. And don't forget to, um, to spend that time this afternoon in prayer for our nation. And until next time, God bless you and goodbye.